guys. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. And this is not Two Girls, One Podcast. Uh, Well, it kind of is, but we're doing something a little different today. Allie, what are we up to? We're doing a little swappity swap swap. (laughs) Can you say that with a, like a swappity swap? It almost sounds like We're doing a swampity swamp swamp. (laughs) <laughs> for those longtime 2G1P listeners out there. Uh, that's that a real throwback right there. Real throwback. <laughs> so if you're here, you probably like listening to me and Allie just riff a little bit to women. You know, you know we're former performers, current performers. But today we're going to throw it over to two other women for a podcast episode swap. An episode of the podcast Table Flipping, which is hosted by actress Taylor Mishyak and writer Alyssa Littman. And this is a podcast that's within our network called The Podglomerate, and we think you should check it out. They talk all about reality TV, a thing that I know nothing about, but I listen to some episodes and I really like the, the lens with which they view these women, right? As, mm-hmm. uh, as like bearing all and living their best lives, I hadn't really thought about it like that. You know that there were <laughs> there were really like uh, a lot of archetypes and stereotypes for women, and even yeah. though reality TV is perhaps its own set of stereotypes, it did add a new dose of variety into <laughs> how we view women. So it's a sort of inter- interesting look. Yeah, I think uh, the title of this podcast is referencing like the famous Real Housewives of New York episode where. Teresa Guidice, I think that's how you say her name. She flips the table. I don't know why, but like that just sounds kind of empowering and cool. So I <laughs> table always flipping. wanted to flip a table. I like to yeah. joke flip tables, but like the cleanup mm. would be ridiculous. I also really want to throw <laughs> a glass of water in people's faces. So sometimes I like fake throw a glass, but like, yeah, clean up. Oh. Hey, Matt. How's it going, Matt? Oh, hey. Oh, yeah, uh, he's here, too. Super quick question. Um, does this podcast cover my favorite reality show, Antiques Roadshow? I thought you were going to mention, like, a kid's show. What's Antiques Roadshow? What's Antiques Roadshow? I mean, honestly, it sounds like I'd like it. I like antiques. You go to a flea market. You, you find a chest. And you're like, what's up with this chest? Then you bring it to Antiques Roadshow, where they have all these chest experts. And the chest expert says... <laughs> Uh, okay, this was made by a Native American in the in 300 AD. What did you pay for it? Uh, $7. And they say, it's worth $10 million. And then everyone's like, what? That's my kind okay, of reality. This show, they cover sounds, that? this show sounds awesome, but it also sounds, chest expert sounds like a dude looking to get me too. <laughs> I, I have that t-shirt, actually. Chest expert. Have you guys, seen, stor- have you guys seen Storage Wars? <sighs> I've heard about it. Okay. I just Is this a hoarder one- thing? I, well, kind of. I caught one episode recently, so forgive me if you watch it out there and I'm not describing it properly, but I think like there is this contingent of people out there who travel to storage spaces that that are being sold off because like nobody has accessed them in so long and they have no idea what's died. in them. Probably, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, this is like those eBay pallets where, or, or Amazon where you can just get like a random box of returns. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. See if they, there are any gems. That's yeah. great. And they bet high money on it. I mean, it's kind of interesting. But my current obsession is Below Deck. And so much so. So I don't know if you are familiar with this show. I don't really get into reality TV too much, but the pandemic has done awful things to my brain. So I just decided (laughs) to go for it. Um, But Adam and I have watched like, I don't know, like 10 seasons of this show. And it's like the the yachty life. Like people work on yachts, but Below Deck, like, you know, the the deck crew and the stewardesses and all that. And we like it so much that I've gotten Adam two cameos 
Rose from Below Deck Reality. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is spectacular. They're just such good characters. And we say, like, this has to be scripted. It's just so, so entertaining. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it really might be. Rob probably is. Yeah. But I'm sure the women in table flipping are, are hopefully going to give us insight on all of this. We're dropping this episode into our feed, which means we're not just recommending it, which we're also doing, but you're actually about to hear the episode. Episode 43 called The Simple Life and Jealousy. If you remember The Simple Life, I think that was Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton back in the day. I think they definitely get into Real Housewives in this episode. Give it a listen and it's, you know, it's going to be here in our feed in just a moment. Table flipping. It's brought to you by the Podglomerate. New episodes run every Friday and you can listen by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. Have fun. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Hello, Taylor. Um, really quick, we just wanted to say if you are new to our podcast because we have such a fabulous guest and such a fabulous topic this week, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the format. So every week for about the first 20 to 30 minutes of the pod, we talk about the current shows that we're watching and any breaking news or current events. And then the interview about the show that we're covering this week's uh, The Simple Life will be in the second half of the episode and we always put some sort of like clip or song or something to break it up and then you can hear fabulous dana from vanderpump rules but if you're a fan of dana i i feel like you'll be a fan of all the bravo shows we talk about so maybe stick around to listen to us too you know don't be so don't be so judgmental are you busy are you busy are you kidding you got 20 minutes yeah that's true that's true how are you taylor oh my god i am changed after watching last night's Real Housewives of New York episode. <laughs> I've always thought like Luann and her cabaret persona are funny. I get a kick out of it, but I've never like, I don't know, remembered or, or at all memorized a song. And I, I'm like really thinking about getting a Viva La Diva tattoo on my forehead. Like <laughs> Viva La Diva is so <laughs> addictive it's so bad and it's so deliciously embarrassingly good Alyssa I can't handle it what did you think about this am I losing my mind like (laughs) she says it three different ways all the time right like it's like a who's on first comedy like they're saying they are definitely saying viva la diva vida la diva diva la vida Right? <laughs> I, every single time, I feel like Luann is just pl- playing a huge prank on all of us by saying it a different way and, and acting as if she's so confident that that's the way she's always said it. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Her delivery seems <laughs> so intentional, so purposeful, so exact. And she is 100% going, Viva la diva, Viva la vida, ba, da, ba, da, da. I always say, Happy Friday, Alyssa, since we've started doing the pod on Friday. And I just, I really feel in my bones like I'm just going to start every episode now with Viva la Vata. Oh, great. Perfect. Comes to my mind because it really makes me feel good. And I, I got a kick out of like, obviously revisiting this cabaret in general, but what a perfect season finale, like, I don't know, 
so symbolic to end on her singing this song. And I appreciate our queen that has come out of this season, Leah, being like, you know, I hear that the cabaret is annoying. I get that the other ladies are sick of it, but fuck it. I've never seen it before. It sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> and she's got a really good attitude going into it. And I love that. <laughs> I was like so enamored with her purple dress that she was wearing. And then she was mm. like, this is my eighth grade Christmas dress. And then I was mad. And then when she was wearing Adidas instead of heels, I was like, okay, I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> That was my exact viewing experience. Yeah, I thought it was this, like, really spectacular. It looks like it's from, um, what's that movie? Is it Roni? Yeah, Romy and Michelle's High School reunion. It looked straight out of there, but it was so chic, and she was really pulling it off. Uh, Yeah, she was so hot. I can't believe we got to meet the writer of Live in La Vida Loca this week. What a treat (laughs) for us. Wow. To be in in the presence of such greats. I mean... (laughs) How'd they get him, you know? <laughs> I I really wanted to challenge you publicly. You had done a really spectacular recreation slash who wore it better of Martin, the boxing coach oh. from Roni. And this <laughs> Live in La Vida Loca writer has an equally fantastic look uh, to him. And I really want you to try your best to do a recreation of him please okay so the options are either shave off all the hair on the bottom of my head and just keep the top hair and then braid it which I could do (laughs) or get one of those giant black cowboy hats I don't I'm not sure honestly the shaving might be easier but Halloween is around the corner so I'll keep an eye out for sure everyone will know who you are (laughs) what did you think about the moment of uh, Luann talking to whomever her assistant or something and h- him being like yeah and of course we've worked with Barbara and she's like he's talking about the Barbara Streisand it's like yeah there's only one Barbara yeah, there's <laughs> one Barbara honey it's like going no do you know who Cher is or Reba yeah. like no we know who Barbara <laughs> is and the assistant's face looked exactly like that was her in her monologue she was like yeah no I get it <laughs> I also love the energy of this man walking into the gay bingo night, which, God, I love. I would kill to go to a drag race bingo night right now. Um, And he came in with a big black cowboy hat, and Luann said, you look great. And he said, this is actually the premiere for my hat. Uh It's how you and I feel every time we wear a hat to the pool. <laughs> That's true. That is true. We have premiered a couple hats for each other and, you know, fended off some unwelcome boyfriend comments about our hats. This is the premiere for my hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some Dorinda Goss that I heard on another podcast. I listened to this podcast called Who Weekly. It's great. And they were talking about how, you know, so obviously Dorinda was fired or left on her own terms. We talked about it last week. They were saying how Dorinda was having her apartment paid for because she could do like spawn con for her show for the show about where she lives. And so it's like a ten thousand dollar a month apartment in New York. And now she has to like actually pay rent there. I don't know if that's true, but I thought that was very interesting. And I wanted to tie it into the moment where she picked up one of Richard's coins and there was like no Mm -hmm. face on it. And she was like, is he trying to tell me I'm going to go broke? And I was like, oh, wow, that really hits different now that we know you're not on the show anymore. That is well, I mean, the whole episode hit different watching Dorinda knowing she's not on the show anymore. That's really fascinating gossip. I feel bad for her if that's true, but that just seems like such a perfect, I don't know, like the, you know, fate of a lot of housewives where you just totally get fucked after being blessed with this weird opportunity of being 
being on this show. Yeah. But then we see it again at the end when Leah brings up Tinsley and Dorinda starts screaming, she almost ruined our show. Like, she says something about, like, her hand hurts from, like, carrying the show. Something, you know, it was a little bit of a Jax to Vanderpump moment yeah. of Dorinda being like, this is my show. And Tinsley almost ruined it. And to see her doing that, knowing now she's fired, is so embarrassing. It's, I, it's so cringeworthy. It's tough. And I will say, you know, Tinsley did have kind of a rough go. I do think she was ganged up on a lot this season. And that's part of the reason why she left. And Tinsley, you know, as a smug bitch myself, must be sitting. <laughs> in her Chicago apartment just like oh I'm sorry who got fired oh Dorinda got fired the same season as me interesting you know (laughs) like yeah 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 yeah. oh very perfect I also I I really appreciated the the timing of it all because as the episode was wrapping up and they were doing their cute little you know subtitles at the end title cards where it says where they are and they just perfectly got in one last fight at the very end. And it was very satisfying. Too. Yeah, it really seemed like they were supposed to wrap everything up. And then and then Dorinda just unexpectedly, like, lost her mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did she get fired because she lost her mind at bingo? Oh, no, she got fired because she lost her mind about Tinsley. Crazy. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's tough it's to just lose just... your mind in a rhinestone turban. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that stressed me you out. You want your hair to be down if you're going to lose your mind. Yeah, a rhinestone turban in a arm sling is a look yeah you know because she yeah. had just had hand surgery to remove have you ever heard of a bible bump no me neither and I was too scared to look it up because yeah. she described the surgery pretty graphically and I was like if I google this I won't sleep so Disgusting. all right so <laughs> listeners you guys go google it and never tell us what it is <laughs> um, um should we talk oh. about Potomac Yes, I had a fun time watching Potomac because our favorite Real Housewife had a great cameo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, T'Challa, which, you know, I feel like we should just say for a sec that it's a little it's a little tough to be a bird named T'Challa at this moment because of the sad passing of Chadwick Boseman. But um, the bird is the best housewife. All of the housewives on Potomac are incredible. And somehow the bird has one upped everybody. It's true. We done we did a whole episode recently being like this cast is spectacular. They come to play in every way. And yet this African gray. Am I writing a haiku as I speak? is the best character on the entire show and it also he had the best (laughs) so basically he attacked quote-unquote wendy and wendy is the new housewife so they're all eyes were on her for this weekend trip to the lake house and she's sitting having a glass of wine all of the original cast is to the left of her and just mid-sentence t'challa decides to fly at her face which even as a bird lover is pretty alarming. It's a big <laughs> parrot. And it flies right at her face indoors. And her scream and her duck is so iconic and cinematic. And the editor did a fabulous job of like putting it in slow-mo and slapping some black and white on it. It is crazy. And then to see the scramble, like, did you see Robin duck like a bomb had gone off? Yeah. Like she like took she like found like shelter. And and Monique is chasing after the bird going, my baby, just scared my baby. And then Ashley just comes in and she's like, what happened with the bird? 
What happened? Just, what, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> and then Monique took the bird and sat him on the toilet because she has him almost potty trained oh, yeah, and was yeah. like whispering to him and being like, did those bitches scare you? Are you okay? <laughs> and the bird is like, yes, it's crazy. You guys, you have to, if, if like you don't watch Potomac, shame on you, but like, please just Google this bird attack because it's, it was, it's pretty much been the highlight of my summer. <laughs> I also don't think that it's a coincidence that all the experienced housewives on Potomac were standing very far on one edge of the kitchen island all next to each other. And then Wendy was sitting near the open bird cage. Like, I feel like she got <laughs> hazed a little bit, you know, yeah. or they were all like, look, we have a healthy sense of fear around this bird. So we're just going to stand over here. <laughs> Monique's husband go, I don't play with that bird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, he doesn't even like the bird. She's the only he person in the house the who bird. likes the bird. There's like huge former NFL players, like very scared of the bird and respects the bird space. And so Wendy's sitting too close to it clearly pissed it off. But I love I love the other women like weaponizing it as like, well, clearly the bird doesn't want us to get to know you. <laughs> Giselle was like, T'Challa has spoken. Like we can't we can't have you around, which was brutal. What did we think about speaking of Wendy? So Wendy and Ashley are both new moms, quote unquote, because Wendy, there was a debate because it's Wendy's third baby. But regardless, they both have three month old babies, very fresh, little tiny humans. And Wendy was under the impression she couldn't bring her baby to this girls weekend. Ashley brought her baby and a debate and a fight ensued where Wendy was offended. She wasn't allowed to bring her baby and Ashley was offended. It was a big hot mess. And I really enjoyed this fight because this is a classic example of a housewife seems where everyone is screaming, everyone's calling each other's names, everyone is offended. And then the fight died down everyone went to their rooms. And I was like, mm, I see all sides. I'm on everyone's side. I totally get it. This is great TV. <laughs> I, I mean, I think if I was Wendy, I might've thought to myself, oh, she has a bad husband. You know, like if you can't go somewhere and your husband can't watch the baby for a few days, that's, like a red flag to me mm-hmm. but um I see how Wendy could also assume that because Ashley this is her first baby maybe Ashley's just like you know a super scared mom who's like being over dramatic about not being able to be away from the baby so I think that's where she was coming from um so I agree with you and I think but I do think Wendy could have just let you know but that's oh, what yeah. makes her a good housewife she could have exactly. just said like hey uh, I would have loved to bring my baby to Monique instead of just like screaming at Ashley baby in arm you know but mm-hmm. I, I feel like Le- Wendy will pretty quickly learn uh the Michael Darby situation is toxic <laughs> and yeah. so Ashley really has no choice for herself uh but to take the baby whenever Michael says so well yeah before this debate had even ensued and you're 100% right Wendy like coming out <laughs> guns a blazing makes her perfect chef's kiss yeah <laughs> add to the team uh, before this scene, scene had even happened, we start the episode with Ashley packing for this trip and Michael, gross Michael, holding his baby going, well, you, you've got to take the baby. It's, <laughs> a baby's got to be with his mother. And it's like, she's like, yeah, no, I know. I, I you know, I, I'm not like fighting for, you know, to spend time away from little baby Dean, but eventually it would be maybe nice for me as a mother to have a day off. And he's like, well, what's going to happen to this baby if it's not with its mother? It's like, Jesus, Michael, you're such a terrible person. <laughs> I hate him so much. Michael he's literally thinks that Ashley is a kangaroo. Like, yes! <laughs> like he's like, you must have the baby in your pouch or else it'll die. And it's like, wait, 
hold on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That can't be it. That can't be it. And he, he was just like, yeah, imagine what's going to happen to him if he, like, all of the trauma. And it's like, whoa, Michael, what happened to you, first of all? And so, like, he's just, he's, uh, I just, like, could go on and on about how shitty he is. And I'm, yeah, we're going to, for... I feel like we are ticking up the big hill of the roller coaster that we're both about to get, like, dropped full force on of the whole, he has a boyfriend and he went to a strip club situation. So I'm very excited yes. about that. Yes. Also, kind of confusing because if you are, this is my least favorite thing about him is just that he seems to be living this like not only like a second life, but like maybe three and four more because there's always some rumor about him and like how he's violating the rules of their marriage and like how are you going to go to a you're going to a strip club and then you're at the strip club bragging that you have a boyfriend, but then you're also bringing strippers to your room, but then you're also like shit talking your what there's like a lot of things going on here. yeah it seems he tiring. can write a how-to book yeah he must be exhausting it's sort of and like dirty john he's in running reverse. his own business he's running his own business yeah <laughs> well, yeah michael we don't care what what you do or who you want to bang but just stop grabbing cameraman's butts and assaulting people and secretly cheating on your wife you my know? notes on every housewife situation is always like maybe they should talk to each other calmly and <laughs> it's like oh that's not <laughs> That's not the show. <laughs> so never mind. I do. I am more inclined. I do wish that more for like the marriages than I do for the interpersonal relationships. Right. Of, like, the women we're watching. I love, I like loved Wendy coming in and screaming at everybody. But when I do see like the actual marriages having problems or, or even like the mother daughter situations or the parent relationships, I never, I never want those to be as like volatile yeah. and as violent. I, I want those to be calmer and more peaceful because then it seems less scary. Like it, then you remember these are real people's lives and they have to like go to bed with this person and you're like oh no yeah it makes you feel better if their husband has their back at least when they go home yeah yeah should we talk about beverly hills briefly yeah you said that the lighting looked gorgeous i thought you know especially compared to the mtv siesta key (laughs) remote reunion they did a great job i feel like erica jane didn't really know where her eyeline was so that was kind of interesting to see and what was denise looking at she kept looking up Almost as if something was up. I don't know if it was her being, you know, I don't know, flippant and like trying to ignore people and being passive aggressive. But it looked like she was looking at a screen above the camera. She does this and this is going to sound mean, but she does this like lean back, sort of relaxed. But then also her whole head goes very far back into her neck and then Mm -hmm. she sort of scrunches it up. So it looks like. She's not elongating her neck while she's sitting there, and it kind of looks like her head is a little too far back on her body, and then everything starts to sound like a Minnesota ant that smokes yeah. all day on the porch, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're Denise Richards, what's going on? Why can't you sit normally in an interview? <laughs> well, that's a perfect picture you painted. You're a thousand percent right, and I think that my theory, because I thought this about some of her, yeah, some of her looks and her fashion choices and things on the show in general she has been her entire life so fucking hot. Yeah. Like, she has been on all the cover. I mean, we've seen it all once Kyle called her a ragamuffin, and she was like, I'm Denise fucking Richards, and posted all of those, like, magazine covers of her. She's so fucking hot. She still is incredibly hot. But maybe she's so, so hot that she has had the luxury of not having to think as much about unflattering poses or herself on camera because she just really takes for granted how fucking sexy she is, which if I look like Denise Richards, I maybe would too. But I, I, I think that that 
You look at someone like Dorit, who is not as beautiful as, this is so mean too, but who is not as beautiful in my opinion as Denise Richards, but is so acutely aware of every of everything about how she looks on camera, head to toe, and then her poses and her expressions. And she's like, and I, I think you could see the difference. Like Denise is just comfortable to a fault. For sure. And if you see pictures of Dorit, like back in high school, when Denise Richards was in like drop dead gorgeous, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. I always yes. confuse yeah. drop dead gorgeous and drop dead diva, which are two very different things. But, um, you know, Denise, like right out the gate, I think you're totally right. She's been very sexy since she was a teenager and Dorit was, she was cute and it was fine. She looked very normal in high school. So now she's really had to like learn for the Instagram generation what her yeah. angles are. Can I just tell you, I just have to tell you like a little stupid petty thing um, about Dorit. So Abby, who's been on our podcast a while ago, I had like a very bad skin issue that I couldn't get a hold of. And she recommended this facialist who was like too good to be true. She was like very reasonably priced and did such a good job. And I went to her a couple times for the skin issue. And then all of a sudden, like, neither of us could get appointments with her anymore. Mm. And we fucking found out that she's Dorit's, like, skincare consultant. And I got so mad that she, like, just so clearly had reached a point where she was only treating famous clients herself. (laughs) Which, like, I guess good for her as a businesswoman, but, like, upsetting for me. And so now every time I see Dorit's skin, I'm like, okay, so what can I pick apart to make myself feel better that I can't get an appointment there anymore? So that sucks. I didn't know that. It's fine. It really blows. It's okay. I mean, I, I, get, I, I have someone who, like, just, like, I am such a skin person, and I've, like, had so many battles with acne and stuff, and I'm so sensitive about that stuff. And so if that happened to me, I would be devastated. Yeah. But it's okay. Thankfully, I got it under control, and it's all good. But I, I do get mad that she has access to this one person that will no longer see regular people. So I guess we have to get really famous from our podcast. And you're yeah. already famous, so she would probably take you. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to sneak us in. Okay, perfect. <laughs> There's nothing like trying to get an appointment by being like, "Hi, I'm a new client. I'm Taylor Mishak. You probably haven't heard of me, but I am. I am sort of famous." <laughs> She'll buy that. She'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's what famous people say. Absolutely. Now yeah. you can be on my client list." <laughs> Um, what did we think overall about the, the Beverly Hills reunion? The fashions were interesting. I feel like Kyle is dressing like her mom on American woman. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Very like retro, but not like a cute, fresh look on retro, just like kind of costumey. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, they all start sort of like lean costumey, but I just found it like satisfying and pretty to watch and that they did a good job with the lighting and execution. I think in general, we did revisit a lot of things. I mean, the first part of a reunion is always a little meh. I am I am happy that, you know, we had read before these had started that Lisa Rinna was like, this is the worst reunion I've ever been a part of. This is all bullshit. And I do appreciate that she does seem like she is claws out. And she, in this episode alone, was like, liar, 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 liar. You're gaslighting all of us. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. Like, she is just coming out like a crazy, toxic parrot. <laughs> Um, and I do love her quote that's coming in this, you know, second part where she's like, honestly, now the cover up is worse than the crime, <laughs> which is a good finally, like, I don't know, thesis or just like take away from all of this Denise drama. Um, uh, cause we've talked a lot about like not wanting to get into like the nitty gritty of like what sexually happened between her and Brandy. But like now that there's been so much lying, like that's really what we're all talking about. But in general, I found it was like, you know, kind of a fine reunion. What did you think? 
Uh, I was watching it and Mike was like sort of watching me watch it. And I was sitting on the couch very still and very focused. And I think when Rinna said, um, when they brought up the tweet that Denise liked and then Rinna like completely seriously said, the like says everything, oh, yeah. you know, very dramatically. <laughs> and I just didn't, I didn't react. Mike, Mike was like, they're acting insane and you are watching this like you're a surgeon. <laughs> and you're, I can't believe you're not reacting to any of this. And I'm like, I've been through 11 seasons of this. Like, come on, we're going to have to, you're really going to have to be creative to get me to react. But yeah, I feel like I was just sort of studying how well giving everyone a grade and how that they're how executing this opinion. That's like how we watch it. That's how we watch yeah, these yeah, episodes yeah. now. It's like I just like have my little like notes in front of me and I'm like <laughs> taking notes and like very rarely now. I mean, you've got to have a real like Brandon and the Siesta Key reunion for me to start like screaming. Yeah. Um, that being said, and Mike to Mike's credit, that the tweet says everything is amazing and what we're getting now with these webcam reunions that we didn't get before is that the women are looking directly into the camera Mm -hmm. so it makes it even a little scarier and weirder like we used to see them yelling at each other and like getting up from the couch and like starting to fist fight and to see Lisa Rinna so intentionally deliver this like evil Maleficent line like straight to the camera is really funny it's like they're screaming at us actually I didn't think about it and I love it I love it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Mike, there has been so many headlines this week about the Dancing with the Stars cast that has come out. And first question, have you ever watched Dancing with the Stars? Um, I've watched clips of it. Like, I watched Hannah Brown, Brown you know, because she won. I've never watched, like, the full TV show, but I might have to because this cast is wild. This cast is amazing. And the reason I mention Mike is because uh, – Jeannie Mai is also who is from the talk show The Real is what is part of the cast and he had told us that he was disappointed in the way that she was the host for the Siesta Key reunion I think look we don't really know that much about Jeannie Mai so to be fair to her I think he just felt like I mean he loves the way that Andy does these reunions like he loves how um very low-key shady all of the questions are that Andy asks I've long tried to say that Andy should host a presidential debate like we would get real Mm -hmm. answers from people but um I think the tone was just off and it you know which is fair because like Siesta Key never had a a reunion like that before so (laughs) this is true uh, but it was it was funny. I remember like I was like, oh, I like Jeannie Mai. I don't watch the real, but I I was like, I like her. I think that she's cute, and I don't see and she's like good at her job. I think. And then I when I read that this like Dancing with the Stars cast was like so mind blowing, it was very funny to see her name like nestled in the list. <laughs> and I was like, aha! See, she is a big deal, I guess, to people. Okay, so these this is bananas. We have got AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Monica from Cheer, who uh-huh. I am so eager to see because now, you know, obviously in Cheer, we didn't get to see any of her moves. So this is going to be her chance to shine. Uh, our favorite, Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Vernon Davis, Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Disney Channel star Sky Jackson. NBA player Charles Oakley. Okay. <laughs> Actress Anne Hesch. Uh, Jeannie Mai, and then drum roll, please. Selling Sunset, Chriselle. Wow, Chriselle's <laughs> gonna look so beautiful. And wait, I you're forgetting know. a major one. You're forgetting a huge one. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Carol Basket. Yes. Uh, wow. 
really fucking yeah, nuts. Yeah, okay. So these are the big ones I want to talk about. Obviously, I'm so excited. Like, if I had to put money on it now, Caitlin Bristow's got to win, right? Caitlin Bristow. We we're going to get another Hannah Brown moment. But Carol Baskin, like, ballroom dancing and, like, doing, like, jazz routines and maybe a hip-hop. <laughs> Carol Baskin, you guys. Also, is she going to make, like, joke like are they just gonna go it's carol baskin of tiger king or are they gonna lean into this like carol baskin potential husband murderer like well, what are, how are they gonna like do this on yeah they definitely are show? they're definitely gonna do like a song from chicago or something right Ugh. like that's gotta be the gimmick and she's definitely gonna wear flower crowns during her performances like i what i was gonna say is i think it's so funny that she was like so outraged by how she was deceived and portrayed in this netflix documentary and now she's like fully on dancing with the stars and like monetizing all of this <laughs> it's it's also it's the best because i i like you have never watched the full show but i do like reading about who's doing it because there's always a, a uh, like there's a spectrum of the people who are doing it to become more relevant or to get back in the game like there's like washed up celebrities who go do it or people you haven't seen in a long time or there's people who are like kind of on the rise and right. that only helps them more and it's like where does carol fall in this like is carol just like I want to change my image because of how, or am I just like run a, I want to ride the momentum of my like weird fame or I want to monetize it. Like I want to know so much about her like inner monologue. Also, I, whoever thought to ask her, can we give them a fucking raise? Yeah. That's so funny. Like for all these people. Oh, you know what else? I forgot Nellie. Oh, I Nelly like that. That's it. great. Yeah. I watched his verses with Ludacris and um, it was great. And he seems very like happy and nice. And, and he had so much fun dancing around the whole time. So I'm excited yeah, for I that. It'll be super fun. It's like whoever, whoever got this together is like super genius. And like, obviously I'm going to, I would watch Chris Jell just sleep. Does <laughs> and it, so I'm very excited to watch her dance. Does it mean that we're old now that all of these cast picks are like directly aimed at our generation? It feels like between the Backstreet Boys and Nelly and like, oh, no, uh, I've never known who so many of the Dancing with the Car- Stars cast members are. And I sort of remember like being a kid and watching my aunt and my grandma, you know, like be into this and me being like who are these old people oh they used to be famous cool i guess and now it's me now it's us oh no i have like a lisa rinna tear falling from ah. the i've never you really spun this in a terrible way but you're a thousand percent guys right. i'm just been... here to bring everyone down that's all <laughs> it's really sad i was like Oh, it just so happens that that they're like really have this banging cast but you're a thousand percent right that is well anyway moving on uh... <laughs> Guys, this week's uh, interview is so, so fun. We've been wanting to do the show, The Simple Life, for a really long time because talk about, like, an inc- a wildly iconic reality show. So we must, like, pay our homage to it. And then how freaking cool is it that we have Dana from Vanderpump Rules on our little pod? How cool is that? We finally trapped a Vanderpump Rules ca- ca- uh, cast member, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys don't want to know what we have on her. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> no, um, she's great, and she was super nice, and she was extremely knowledgeable about Paris and Nicole. Um, and we are all, like, sort of betting on what this new documentary coming out about Paris um, 
uh, has in store for all of us. So I feel like we might yes. even have to have her revisit at some point and say, yeah, like, we might have to have a follow up. Yeah. And be like, okay, I did think that was the trauma. I did not think that was going to be the trauma, all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But she is so great and so nice. And we are so lucky to have her on our pod. We are. Okay. You guys enjoy. All right, everybody. I have to admit, excited is a huge understatement for what we are today. We are (laughs) overjoyed, over the moon, all of the good things about today's guest. You know her from Bravo's Vanderpump Rules. She is the very lovely, extremely beautiful, super talented, and hilarious comedian who also just launched her own podcast, Dana Kathan is with us, you guys. Hi, Dana. Girls, hi. Aren't you sick of me yet? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're so excited to be in your presence. I mean, this is just like a huge moment for us. So thank you so much for being our friend now and for joining the podcast. We are so excited to talk to you about all this. I mean, you guys know how thirsty I am to be your friend because I'm just obsessed (laughs) with both of you. So I am thrilled to be here, too. I'm really excited to talk all things simple life. So if someone was living under a rock for the past trillion years and you had to explain simple life to them, what would you say? (laughs) Okay. I would say two like heiresses, like rich ass bitches that come from different kinds of royalty. We have like music royalty and we have hotel royalty. Same, same, but different. They have a ton of money. They are on Mars, essentially, for how the rest of us peasants live. And we're going to bring them down to Earth and put them in working class situations that they've never experienced, like including but not limited to doing their laundry, I'm pretty sure. Like that is that is the kind of Martian level that they are, that they've never done any of these just day-to-day things that are so normal for us. So we're going to take these these filthy rich girls who wear Dior everything. And we're going to just violently take their credit cards away. We're going to take the credit cards and we're going to take the PJ and we're going to put them in the middle of fucking nowhere. (laughs) I love this. This is so perfect. Did you watch the simple life back in 2003 when it originally aired? Or is this something that you picked up more recently through streaming? Hell yes. I watched it when it aired. Who didn't like that was like right up there with the OC. Like, did you see what happened last night on the OC? The simple life. Like if you didn't, you were such a loser. (laughs) Which I was also, I was a loser, but I like, I watched those shows, of course. Um, so I find it interesting watching it now. I was watching some of it on Amazon versus, you know, the original viewing experience. It sort of hits differently. I feel like it's a little bit of a Rorschach test for, uh, your own personal, like how mean your sense of humor is because I was watching it and I was like, this is hilarious. And Taylor was texting me like, they're so mean to these people. Oh yeah. I was like, they are so mean. But then I also remembered that this is kind of the era of like, I don't know. I guess it was a little bit before, but, but like jackass and punk. Yeah, there was a lot of like mean pranking, kind of cringeworthy reality shows, and I think that it really leaned into this because there's some really mean moments. Especially Nicole is like 
savage to some of these like farmers. Like she's so mean. <laughs> she's so mean. And she's also on drugs during season one. Oh my I, God. I don't know about season two or three, but like you guys, there's like so much we can get into about this. Like the, the scene in season one, like, cause I just rewatched the whole thing too. So it's pretty fresh in my mind in which she like throws bleach all over the pool hall because she can't find her purse and someone has stolen her purse. She was on heroin in that scene. She's oh talked God. about that publicly. My mouth is wide open, you guys. I really was like, yeah, okay, she probably was doing coke or something, whatever. But then heroin is like a whole other level of how is, is that like something that she's publicly talked about I had no idea you got and I should preface this by saying this is this is a life and styles based knowledge from when we used to flip through <laughs> physical magazines so wow. I might I might not know what the fuck I'm talking about but I do have a really good memory and I'm pretty sure she openly talked about having a heroin problem and that being a thing on the show during that time period and I remember like because to your point, you'd think because she was so like wacky and throwing shit and screaming, you'd think it would be like an upper or something. But I think that yeah. she just had a drug problem at that time. Oh and Nicole, if your beautiful ears ever hear this and I'm wrong, I will thou- I will apologize a thousand times over. But I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Yeah. I was going to say, we have always said that this podcast, we create our own reality. Like we don't, <laughs> you know, don't quote any of the science or anything that's on the pod. And so we say that with love. And I also know I've seen her talk about how you know, it's like common knowledge that she lived life to the fullest and, you know, dabbled in some drugs. So I don't I don't think that's far off of like probably what she would admit herself. Uh, Okay, so this is from Vanity Fair and I don't I think it's 2006. Nicole finally faced up for her heroin addiction when she had to function for the simple life. I knew I could not go on television being as wasted as I was, she says. I went to my parents and said, it's time for me to get help. Oh my god, I'm shocked. So I so I that's a thing. I mean there, you guys, there's so many elements that I want to go over in this. So when we're looking at episode one, season one, and the two girls and their personas. So Paris is like, that's hot, and always talking in her baby voice, and she's more well known because of her sex tape and everything that had happened. And then, you know, Nicole is her like funny, good friend who at the time, I I think that Nicole would say this also, that she was like you know, less in shape than Paris because Paris was real thin and she was right. just kind of like the funny sidekick. But then I think when we got to see them, it was abundantly clear really quickly that Nicole was the funny one in the in the dynamic and then started to kind of outgrow Paris. And I like I want to get all the way up to their feud because I want to know your guys' opinion on what actually happened because I, to this point, day, I don't think either of them have confirmed, but it's all been speculation but um, yeah, that first season was just so good. Like they were totally mean to that family. I feel so bad for like the <laughs> yeah. jobs that they went to do. Like I'm at Sonic. They were like wrote like anal burgers yes. on the sign in, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, like God's country. So yeah. I was thinking when they, they put them in those milkshake costumes, which I have had to wear the famous Dave's version of that. And it's not pleasant at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm with them about, you know, what, how hard of, how hard it is to like wear that stupid fucking thing and stand outside and get people to come inside your restaurant. Wait, but what, what is that? What does that costume look like? Oh, it's a pig named Wilbur <laughs> for a barbecue place that's owned by Applebee's. And I had to ride on the back of a fire truck in Westlake village dressed as this pig for the grand opening of, <laughs> Famous Daves. Alyssa, I'm putting, a pig, I'm putting a pig emoji by your name in my phone. I can't wait. Dude, Taylor, amazing. yours is still, jury's out, but yours is now a pig emoji. 
How am I going to beat that? And Alyssa, do we have photos? I will contact your mother to ask for them if you don't offer them over. You know, I have looked high and low for the pictures from the city council of Westlake Village of the 2009 opening of Famous Dave's, and I've not found any. And I don't know how. I mean, we didn't have, not everyone had an iPhone right in 2009, you know? So it wasn't quite as readily available. But yeah, it was brutal. Um, But when they were like rolling around across the street in the store, I was like, oh, this is female jackass. Like we and and the only way that that's like accepted by people is if we get these like dumb whores to act stupid. (laughs) For sure. And I think that when I first I remember first hearing about it in that era when it first came out, and it was like so huge. And I thought that the show would kind of be like, oh, it's these two like princess socialites who can't like just don't want to touch anything. And they think things are gross and are like lazy. And then I watched the show and they're like rolling around on the ground and like slapping each other and throwing things and having boys like kiss their asses. And you're like, Oh, these girls are hardcore. Like they're definitely very spoiled and they're very privileged, but instead of making them dainty, it makes them like very badass (laughs) in a weird (laughs) fucked up way. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally stole a birdhouse, like several hundred dollars didn't have the money. And then the guy came to collect it after they had already given it to the mom who they were staying with as a mother's day present. And she was like, Oh my God, he's here. And they were like hiding in the fucking shower. And she's like, my cat died. Yes. That's the, that was one of the moments I texted Alyssa and was like, I'm sorry, these girls are so mean. She's like, How do I get out of the fact that I stole this shit from that old farmer's co-op? And then she just bursts into fake tears. Oh, she throws water on her face from the sink. And she comes out sobbing and she's like, I just, I am having a tough day. My cat died. And then the guy's like, I'm really sorry to hear that, but you owe me $120. And she goes, but I just spent all my money at the vet. How am I supposed to give you this money? I'm like, girl, this is, you're weaving such a crazy tale. Why are you doubling down so hard on this birdhouse theft? Well, and I just feel like they, one of the things that people really loved about them is you could tell they had such a real connection and were childhood best friends. You know, they Mm -hmm. grew up together and like their chemistry was amazing. But I think it was like, you know, Nicole was the, was the brains of the operation and all their antics and like had the balls and would do all the things. And then Paris would just kind of like, follow like genuinely thought she was so funny and entertaining and would like follow her around just thinking she was ridiculous and it made for such good tv yeah Yeah, they were shameless it's great do you think that you would be able to put yourself in that situation where you are I mean they're basically doing things that they know people are going to be pissed off about and then they're just suffering the consequences for the comedy and I know you do stand-up comedy Dana do you think that that could you be able to do that sort of Sasha Baron Cohen version of comedy Sometimes that makes like makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I and I'm a I believe it or not, I'm actually a big rule follower. Like I love rules. <laughs> I love to follow them. I do not like to be in trouble. I don't like people mad at me and it's like that some of it is just so outlandish and they just know they're putting themselves in a horrible situation with someone. Like I would hate that. I would I would break out in hives constantly. <laughs> me too. So I'm glad we're on the same page about that. <laughs> yeah, I would constantly be whispering, I'm sorry, after I did these like crazy wild things. And it also made me think that we couldn't do this show now in a funny way, I don't yeah. think. Like I, there's no way we as a country now are like, let's put some rich people in a middle America, middle-class house and see how wild it is. It would be 
so poorly received. Let's make them <laughs> pretend to be poor for a month and see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> also, like, let's have like the heiress to the Hilton for- fortune, like begging people for cash at a gas station when they probably like n- are pretty strapped for cash themselves if they have a family. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's funny because earlier we were talking about. So Paris has this new documentary come out where she's saying she's been putting on this persona and this character for so long, she doesn't even know how not to do it anymore. But I remember Mm -hmm. one of the nights they wanted to go out and the family was trying to enforce a curfew or like tell them you can't go out. And you could see how pissed she was. She's like, this is fucking stupid. I'm an adult. I'm 21. I know everything. And gets all mad. And it's like, I feel like that's the real her. When she was like pissed Mm -hmm. off about it and was just like, this is so lame. And like was wearing, I'm pretty sure, a loincloth a la... (laughs) fucking Tarzan like and wanted to go out and they were like so horrified by her outfit but I just thought that was interesting because I feel like that was the only time the whole season that we saw a glimpse of the real her I wanted to ask you guys she obviously has such an incredible staying star power for someone who I've always thought was really of a time and is so quintessentially like the early 2000s and is so quintessentially this show. And I think even beyond Nicole Richie and so many other people from this era, it's, she is so beyond relevant. And she did a segment on this recent uh, Netflix documentary called American Meme about internet famous people. Right. And she talks a lot about her fans, which she calls Little Hiltons that are still like from a very young crowd to very relevant, like very now, and they just worship her. What do you think is so, you know, what, what is her it fact? I think she's just so fascinating. Eternally people will be enamored by her. Like look at her Instagram. She, every single one of her photos are actually videos with some type of like unicorn graphic happening in the background. Like it's a very strange page to me, but you can tell She just lives in that world kind of to me like Britney Spears. She is trapped in that time period and not necessarily in a negative way, but like she that's where she lives and she's always going to be the same. And she's people I feel like can't ever put a finger on exactly what it is that makes her like that. But we all just want more like anything that she does. And by the way, she looks the fucking same. Yeah, someone like I party and I look like shit all the time and like have had to cut back on drinking because I'm gross. And I'm like, no, in two years, I'm going to look like a 45 year old and I'm 30. And she is in her late 30s looking like a 21 year old who's done probably a lot of drugs, but definitely a lot of drinking and a lot of all nighters. So I don't understand that. I think that she like drank from the tuck everlasting like yes that is a book that I have not heard since like middle school honestly so I'm so glad that you brought that but it's such a good book and also I bet she fucking like bathed in that shit she's like in addition to Botox put the talk everlasting shit right here just stab it in my heart I bet that's why she looks like that I once heard from a very successful tv producer that she got a three thousand dollar facial once a week and so I can only imagine like what Paris Hilton's skincare routine looks like wow I, I believe Believe it, and I think that 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 even just that observation of her looking the exact same, I think has exactly a lot to do with her still staying so relevant and famous for who she is. Because then there's nothing that's changing. So it is. It's very like anytime I see a picture of her, I am like weirdly nostalgic because I feel like I'm going back in time. It's not the same as like sorry to throw her under the bus, but if you're looking at like a Lindsay Lohan, it's like you've seen the time that has passed between her prime mm-hmm. and now. And Paris can be DJing in Vegas tomorrow and I would be like, oh my God, she looks even better, dare I say. Oh my God. She, and by the way, uh, God, there's just so much to unpack about this. Like her whole relationship with Lindsay Lohan. Remember they like 
got in this big fight and she Lindsay Lohan went out and said that she had hit her in the face and then they're like walking like this is when paparazzi would really interact with them and I feel like it was kind of a symbiotic relationship because mm-hmm. it was they were both getting something out of it and so it was like they were less of a nuisance and more of like Paris leveraged them in the way that the Kardashians I think have leveraged social media now to be like mm, to get right. their status. I think she used the paparazzi in that way. I was kind of a for, on the forefront of that. And like they're walking to one of their nice cars. I'm pretty sure they're with Britney Spears and Lin- Paris is like, ask Lindsay, she's right there. And Lindsay's like, you guys, Paris is a nice person. Why do you want us to fight? I never said that. And then there's like video of her being like, yeah, she punched me in the fucking mouth. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Oh my God. What hot messes. Oh man. I would kill. I would take years off of my life to go to a club with Paris Hilton, Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan. Jesus Christ. Like what would it, what I would give up Leo, which says a lot of my cat, my beloved precious cat. I'd be like, take him. I want to go hang out with him. Just kidding. Leo. He's standing behind I me. He's do like, it. Oh. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the fashions of 2003 to whenever this show and ended. Um, I was struck by how it was so cool for people. And I think this was a Britney Spears thing too, for them to show up looking like they've never washed their makeup off their face with yep. like e- extremely unkempt extensions, just like all into a ball in the back of their head with like a coffee cup and and sunglasses. And somehow that was like, a hot, sexy, cool girl thing to do. And I look at it now and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so afraid for like the bacteria in your eyes. I don't know what's happening yeah. to your face. <laughs> well, have, you guys, have you guys seen the bling ring? Yes, and it's based on my hometown. <laughs> Stop. Were I you in the bling ring? I went to high school with the kids who did that. Alyssa, you were in the bling ring wearing your pig suit. I know it. You I, just I literally am. I literally am. <laughs> so the thing is, I saw that recently on Netflix. And it's, first of all, it's such an interesting story. It's really good. But, like, I thought that that was even such a glimpse into Paris Hilton. Like, I wonder if they used yeah. it filmed in her real home. But, like, you can, because that was always what it was about, right? Like, she was really materialistic. She had extravagant shit. And she just had so much shit. Like, all, every possession I own on planet Earth could could sit in one corner of my room. Like, I don't have a lot of stuff. She just has so much stuff. And it was like 8,000 pairs of giant sunglasses, 8,000 pairs of pants that did not cover the butt crack and were so mm-hmm. low. And, like, being really skinny with no ass at that time was, like, the look yeah. that was, you know what I mean? Like, the thing before the yeah, rail explosion. Thin. Yeah. And then, like, and all these, um, what's the, what, the fucking, like, tacky tiger... Um, what am I, what's that brand that was like ended up in Costco and now has died? It was like, um, you know what I mean? Mm. It was like tigers on everything, but it was a guy's name. What is Oh, that? like Ed Hardy? That Ed yes. Hardy. Yes, yeah. like Ed Hardy and Von Dutch and all that shit. But um yeah. For a second they, they, I was like Lisa Frank. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Lisa Frank now though. Like that's her aesthetic now, is all those unicorns and stuff. Paris yeah, Hilton. yeah. Very poppy and colorful. So yeah, and like and in like the hair extensions, like Nicole, I think that season had like colorful bad extensions in you you know what I mean like and it would like match her outfits like it was just wild and they were so the people that they were around shopped at Walmart for their clothes so then when they came into town and wore this like insane shit to enter their jobs like tried to go to like the co-op and the Sonic wearing you know Ed Hardy it was just shocking for Mm -hmm. everyone 
Also, so much. I was surprised by all the MAC compacts. Like, they were powdering the fuck out of their face, like, all day long. And I feel like skincare and makeup and what we think is, like, beautiful, glowing skin was not popular back then. So it's wild to me to see them just, like, matting their entire look all the time, except for, like, a shiny lip or a shiny eyeshadow. Yep. The lip gloss, but the aggressively matte, like, cake-dry face. Yeah. And then, like, hangover, smudge, chic eye makeup was, like, such a... It was basically... Like, hangover, schleppy, sexy. They always looked like they were coming from, like, a walk of shame. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, no, you're going to work. They were, though. (laughs) Like, I'm even even when they were there, they, like, one of the boys that stayed at their house friends, like, they were, like, fucking one of them, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they showed that. They, like, went out with these boys and... Remember they got, oh my God, this is actually what I think was the meanest thing of the whole season. And I would say this to Paris Hilton's face and I would say this to Nicole Richie. I'd look him in the eyes and be like, this is fucked up. One of the, they, they like, one of the guy, I think the guy that lived at the house, girlfriend broke up with him. Right. So they, they yeah. like, they were like flirting with him and being so extra. And then they like cornered her in a bathroom and made her feel so uncomfortable. And you're like, you are Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. You're famous. You're rich. You're coming to this town. She's she's a kid. She's allowed to break up with this guy if she wants to. And they're like harassing her. And she's like, do you not like me? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think? And I was like, that is so fucking mean girls. Like, I don't yeah. like that. And they said, Oh, uh, guess what? We're going to have a three way with him tonight. Yeah. And then she just stares at them and like tears start to well up in her eyes. And then Nicole's like, just kidding, you idiot. And they like cackle and run away. And I'm like, you guys are so mean. Do you think the guys that they hooked up with, cause they show like Nicole making out with people on the bar and stuff. Do you think those guys like are still talking about that to this? day <laughs> i think that they have blurry still images from the show framed on their wall yeah exactly oh Absolutely yeah no way they, they are do you remember when they asked the girls to do a kissing booth which is like to me kind of seems like the all right we could this is the one fucking thing that they can do like these girls are so rowdy they're clearly so rambunctious and they're like very hands-on with all these people let's put them in a kissing booth and then nicole is wearing a very like 2003 like mini pleated skirt and she starts doing the kissing booth and then she just goes does anyone want to kiss my ass and starts having the boys come kiss her bare ass you guys which is like there's no way you can contain these girls and I'm sure every guy that kissed her butt cheek is like probably has a tattoo of it now I just have to I mean I would quite frankly I mean I live in Los Angeles you guys live in Los Angeles Taylor is on a hit FX show (laughs) to this day if Nicole Richie asked me if I wanted to kiss her ass I would say absolutely I do and then I would (laughs) fucking like get get her to autograph my butt and then I tattoo it on like of course I mean that's iconic well when Nicole uh, like put her entire arm in a cow's ass (laughs) <laughs> yes, and then chased Paris with it. I mean, there was so, like the antithesis of of COVID spread. Now, like even watching with those eyes, I yeah. mean, it's like hard to watch. But yeah, they were out there. She was. Yeah. She just screamed her head off the whole time she did that. It was hilarious. Also, <laughs> I loved watching Paris get bucked off a horse and then stomped on and then flown <laughs> to a hospital. I mean, that's why I think in my brain was like, all right, well, everyone's suffering on this show, so nobody's really being that mean to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay also speaking of of like all the money she's worth another iconic thing about paris hilton is the fact that she's been engaged i'm pretty sure like six times and she always has some significant other that she's super in love with that she says changed her life she's in a relationship with some guy who i don't recognize right now but then some cute guy and i'm like you guys can't relate because you're both in serious relationships but i've been single for a fucking eternity and i'm like i can't even find a date like how are you engaged seven times 
She, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did, I, I am like very morbidly fascinated by her social life because she talks a lot publicly about how she has intimacy issues with like her family and people who try to get close with her in real life. She has invited fans to come stay at her house for weekends at a time because she says that fans are some of the most like honest people to her and that she struggles with this middle ground between like uh, connecting with people. So it's funny to me that she doesn't have a very, she's not surrounded by a close group of friends, but she always has like one fiance. So I think that that says something just about how she, you know, has a tough time connecting with people and like relationships, right? Like, I don't know. The last um, person she was engaged to was that actor from The Leftovers. And they like, she has like this. She had the same engagement ring as Cardi B. I remember that. And he proposed. And before she even said yes, she like ripped the ring out of his hand and put it on her finger and looked at it. It was like, yes, oh my god, I love this. And was oh my just god. like so excited about the ring. But she was like obsessed with him. And then one day he was just gone. Wow. Yeah. It's so sad. What do you guys think about in these promos for? So this uh, this documentary is coming out very soon called This is Paris, uh, and it's gotten a lot of really positive reception from people. I was reading different reviews about it, and I actually watched a very long video of her at the uh, TCAs earlier this year when they did the YouTube event. And like I was there a few days later for the FX event. So I'm watching this YouTube video, and I'm like glued to it. And it's so boring, you guys. It's so not worth watching. But she was just in the same hotel that I was when I was doing press for Dave. So I was like, oh, my God, Paris was standing on the same carpet that I was. Oh my God, Paris was in this. She probably used the same bathroom. I'm freaking out. But she is doing press to promote it. And she's talking a lot about like, yeah, I've never felt like people have seen the real me because I was playing a character on Simple Life and I'm always playing a character and I'm doing this. And it's interesting to me because I don't know how you guys feel about it. I believe so much of what she's saying because I know a lot of what she's done has been produced and out of her hands and it's obviously very heightened. But also she'll be on stage and be like, So I was totally playing a character and now I am not. So this is way more hot. And there's no like, there seems to be not as big of an obvious break for me in watching her because she still like feels so much like what I already thought she was. So for her to be like, this is me and it's, (laughs) and it looks very much the same. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, is it what's happening? Do you, do you think that there is a really, she's like leaning into this in a, in a 100% genuine way? Do you think it's 90% genuine? Do you think it's not at all? I think that she absolutely has like learned early on in her career what people thought was funny and what people expected of her and yeah. decided to lean into that for sure. Like I think that there it's maybe not, you know, a completely different person, but I like her baby voice. I think she's been trained to, to stay in character in that, like, you know, mm-hmm. dumbed down version of herself that she thought people thought was charming. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that there's something really to that. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see this, this documentary. Like I was mad they promote it so early because it comes out yeah. the 14th. And I was like, why are you talking about this in July? Please just drop it. So I don't have to wait for it for a month and a half. Like I can't wait to see what her backstory is. And she talks about this big trauma in her childhood. Like yeah. what do you guys think that is? I, I, so there's, a, I read about it and I was watching a little bit on the TCAs. She was having, um, a lot of trouble with her parents in terms of like disobedience because she was always like leaving the house and breaking curfew. And they said that they would even take her wallet and her credit cards and her ID and everything away. And she would 
still leave the house. And she was living in the like Waldorf at in New York City. They were living in, in a hotel. And so she would just like bounce and go. So she spent a few years in different boarding schools. Mm-hmm. And I guess in this documentary, she opens up about uh, one particular boarding school that she spent 11 months at that was like, profoundly fucked up and like just a really, really abusive environment that like really traumatized her. And then when she got out, she never felt like she could talk about it, um, which is really, really wild and terrible. And I'm, it's, it's super sad to hear about. And I don't know what, like, obviously they'll get to more details in the doc, but it is, um, it's, it's an interesting and specific type of drama, trauma to have to go through also to be like, you were shipped off to several different, boarding schools to solve your like going out addiction when you were like 16 it's like such a different set of um challenges that I you know is obviously a different world than what we all grew up in at least you know it's just interesting to me I I have to like try very hard not to be too judgmental because I I feel like often we get these sort of sob stories from these people who seemingly from the outside world have every single thing you could possibly dream of having. And, and then they just feel like they're not understood for who they really are, which I empathize with, but it's also just like, I mean, have you guys seen that video of her making lasagna? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. You got to watch it. It's amazing. It's just her like complaining about how, uh, like shitty the house that they're filming it in is. And like how nothing is up to basically nothing's up to snuff for her. Um, like cooking utensils and all this stuff. It's like that you see them do something like people do every single day of their lives and they're just being a monster about it, essentially. And it makes it a little hard to buy this story that like they're clearly putting out there to be more empathetic because they know that the perception of themselves is like they've never had any obstacles in their life. What do you guys yeah. think about that whole dynamic? It's funny you say that because there is a, in the trailer, there is, when we're all talking about it now, it's so much easier for me to hear you guys be like, oh, well, we have to recognize that even though she like came from so much, she obviously still has a real life with things that we don't know about, even though we think we do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm so, I'm so here for it. And I'm like ready to hear her story. And I'm so empathetic with her. And then in the trailer, there's a very quick cl- clip of her being like, people think that I had everything and I grew up with everything, but actually like my life was really hard. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't want to yeah. hear it. I mean, I'm sentence. like, I'm like, hold my fucking beer. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, here's the thing. I'm going to go into this with an open mind and you know, you know, you don't know what someone else has experienced. And it's, it's not to say just because you have money and status that you've never experienced trauma, but I definitely think like there's something to be said for, money and resources. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I find yeah, it I'm very privileged. hard to believe that you had such a hard life that you had to go to boarding school because you were, because you were a brat, because you always went out, <laughs> like, just don't go out all the time. Maybe they won't send you to boarding school. I don't know. That's an option for you, Yeah, but I am yeah. being open-minded because maybe she did go through some shit, but I just yeah. know in, uh, my own personal, in comparison, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, you have two living parents that you love a lot that are close with you and you have this family, even if you had issues growing up, like who the fuck didn't have issues with their parents when they were teenagers. Yeah. yeah. And you also have the luxury of getting a, you had the luxury to just like, just have those be your only issues and you got to dwell on them. Like get in line. Like if you have <laughs> issues with your family and you have some sort of all this, you're just like, okay, I get that. I feel for you. It sucks. But we all get it, and it's on a laundry list of other obstacles that are in our lives that you just don't 
have. And so it's, but I, I, I also really want to go into the doc with an open mind. It seems like it's really well made. It also does seem, I have to say, it's like also very genius for whoever came into her life at this exact time for this documentary. Cause look at how here we are for it. It's timed out so perfectly. It's not like Paris has ever become not relevant, but it's, it's like we it's a perfect press moment for her, I think, to just like come back into the spotlight in a really big way um, and in a really authentic way that we care about and we want to see, you know, like I don't like I said right now, if there was a reboot of The Simple Life, I don't think that our generation would really respond to it that well. But getting a documentary called This is Paris that is like authentically her and exposing all of this truth. We love it. We're so here for it, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's and well, and they did a. It's really dark and ominous seeming, and she's, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And it, it made us all really curious, right? We're like, well, what the fuck happened that we don't know about? Also, I want to ask, what do you guys think the deal is with the tape? With the tape. So the in tape. in the trailer. Oh, sorry. No, not the sex tape. Different I was like, tape. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, just say in, it, Dana. Say sex tape. In in the original ta- in the original trailer, like there's this little snippet at the end where she takes like it's like pink duct tape and she like cuts it and she's putting it on her shirt and ripping it off oh, and yes, putting it yes. on her shirt and ripping it off. And I want to know what your guys's theory is on what that's about. What I don't know. What is that? I think it's a compulsion. I think oh. it, to me it seemed because that seems significant that they would put that in the trailer. So to me, it seems like maybe that's how that m- trauma manifested for her. That she maybe mm. maybe has some OCD tendencies, and maybe that's a thing that like helps her with anxiety. That's a good theory. That makes a lot of sense. Or she was trying uh. to get lint off her sweater. I don't know. So it's, it, <laughs> it might not be that deep, but that's what I think when I see that. But I'm also someone who's struggled with mental illness and different like ticks, and that's just what it looked like to me. But I, I don't I don't want to not touch on this because I need to know what you guys think. What oh, yes. happened between them, Paris and Nicole? Yeah. What can you do? OK, especially for people who have probably not watched every episode of The Simple Life. Can you do can you do a brief synopsis of this feud? Because I've watched even more of them like trying to make up and I got even more confused. Yeah, so there's multiple seasons, and they they decide to switch it up each time. So, like, the second season, they're doing a cross-country in a, like, having an RV in a truck. And and mm-hmm. then, I like, I can't remember what the third season is, but eventually, so they're such good friends. They've had this whole lifelong history, and then all of a sudden, there's this really big blow up between them. Like something horrific happens and we still don't totally know. Like what I, what I've heard about it is that they were, they were having a party and Nicole played her sex tape, like on a, (gasps) on a big screen in front of a bunch of people. Cause she thought it would be funny. But to me, that's like, okay, yeah, that's fucked up and you'd get mad at them. But is that really like enough to make someone like ruin a, a long-term friendship? Because then, um, Paris put out that song jealousy and it went mm-hmm. something like this. Jealousy, jealousy, <laughs> jealousy, nobody wins. And like it's clearly it's clearly about Nicole. So I think that I, I think it's a combination of things, but I'm just dying to know what you guys think happened. Well, I can definitely say from covering other uh, reality shows at this time, a sex tape is certainly enough to break up a Heidi LC from the Hills friendship. So that really feels very timely and specific to this era. And I totally buy that. I also read online that I guess in one of the later seasons, there was like a they had an on-camera feud and Paris was mad that Nicole wore blue fur or something like that. And I read an article now saying that that was fake. So Mm. that has nothing to do with it. 
And I also just wonder if there's even behind the scenes negotiations about about the show and about the dynamics of the show and like deals that they would have to do together because they became such a package deal, but there's clearly such two different types of celebrities. So I wonder if they stepped on each other's toes, just like in a meta way behind the making of this show and talking about any other deals. And that led to the jealousy. jealousy. <laughs> well, I think that um, it's interesting because, because that song came out, the jealousy song. And like I was saying at the beginning of the season, we all think that Paris is the star but in actuality I think it came out that it was Nicole was really the mm -hmm. was the charisma the alpha in that yeah. in that show and I think that as time went on Nicole realized that and I think that may, so maybe let's say the sex tape thing is true she puts it projects it on a big screen at a party and it's super embarrassing but then I'm imagining that some type of altercation came from that and then all these like underlying issues that they had not addressed came up and maybe each of them said things that are unforgivable because yeah. in the season when they're fighting and they try to film it separately and then at the end of the show, they like the and the season finale, they like run into each other or what, like make them have a confrontation. Like it's it's clear that Nicole is as put off of Paris as Paris is of Nicole. So I think she was like, bitch, I'm the star here. And I think Nicole went, no, bitch, I'm the star here. And then Paris was like, bitch, you've been in my shadow and everyone mm -hmm. knows it. And you're jealous exactly. of me. And you're saying that because you're projecting your jealousy. And she's like, well, at least I don't have a sex tape, bitch. And then plays it at the party. I don't know. Something okay. along those lines. Exactly. Like Alyssa said at the beginning of this episode, we like to create our own reality in this reality <laughs> TV podcast. So that is in the world of table flipping. What happens? I'm locking it in. I buy that story so much. Great theory. Yeah, the, ju right? the jury's out. That's what happened. That's a hundred percent how it went down. And that exact well, that was a transcript of their conversation. I was actually doing a dramatic <laughs> read of the transcript I found. They're like okay oh with gosh. each other now, right? They've commented on each other's Instagrams and stuff like that. I'm so glad seems, you asked because right? I I give such a shit about this. Like it's funny because like I'm on a real. <laughs> I'm on a reality show and I like don't watch a ton of reality TV, but I like obsessively follow things and know weird things that I know I shouldn't know basically for my explore page, which I live on, on Instagram. And mm -hmm. I saw that Paris, it was recently Sophia Richie's birthday and Paris posted a photo with Sophia and was like, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. But I have not seen any interactions between the two of them, but I feel like they've probably come full circle and realized that was a weird time in their life where they went through this unique experience and they're, over the bullshit. And again, that's my own made up reality, but I, I think they're definitely cool. What do you guys think? Yeah, I buy that. I think that there has to be also some sort of like sense of camaraderie and relief that they went through that wild era era were so huge and they've come out the other side alive when, like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of their peers from that time who have come out on a really shitty end of things. Like they got the really shitty end of the they're stick. They're in Mykonos. So, the other side of that is being in Mykonos yeah, having a beach club. Mykonos. Yeah. And so I'm, I bet there's a little bit of like both, both Paris and Nicole are a little more mellow and things are together and, I'm, you know, and they're both just probably like waving at each other from a distance. Like you good? I'm good. Okay. We're not going to be best friends, but well, I'm so we did this like, and we're okay. I'm so happy for both of them. Nicole obviously got help for a drug problem. She married one of the twins from Good Charlotte. I don't know which one, but yes. has two beautiful babies with them, has House of Harlow, has all these fancy chickens that are really chic. And, you know, mm -hmm. Paris Hilton became a DJ and had like a, a residency in Ibiza, I'm pretty sure. Like they've both gone on to continue doing big things that are in a much different path than they originally started out on. But I'm happy for them. They're thriving. 
Yes, this is so true. I also read that like recently Paris said since quarantine, Paris said that she's rewatching The Simple Life with her boyfriend and she gets a real <gasps> kick out of it, which I think is insane. I would never rewatch anything that I've ever made or been in, like do for you, sure. Do you know what's funny? I was watching YouTube TV the other day because my friend gave me his password. It's probably the weirdest thing about me, but I like refuse to buy subscriptions to any streaming service. So I like I'm on a girl from college's Netflix and I don't think I she knows it. <laughs> but um so the YouTube I was watching YouTube TV and I was getting caught up on Real Housewives of New York and underneath it, it for my suggested viewing it was season 8 episode 1 of Vanderpump Rules and I was like I would rather die than watch that <laughs> I'm never going to watch it again as long as I live <laughs> That's so funny that it's recommended. I love that. Yeah, and then like, that girl from college is like, wait. <laughs> this yeah. is like Dana is on the show and I can see that she's rewatching herself I on the show on my I subscription. Watch Dana watching herself. That's well, so and I'm, I use her mom's. Like, you know how it's like everyone has yeah. different things within Netflix? I use her mom's and I bet her mom is like, why the fuck does these episodes keep jumping? And I do feel like a little bad about that. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Uh, I feel like obviously we could talk about this for days and days and days. So I have to be like the bad guy that wraps us up. But I do want to uh, ask you, we're wondering, I mean, we're certainly hoping we know everything is up in the air and the future is so uncertain, but can people potentially maybe there's a future where maybe there's another Vanderpump rules and maybe you're a part of it. Is that anything you could pseudo confirm? Um, all I can say is that it is a weird world right now and I think everyone's doing their best and I'm hopeful, but you know, the future's uncertain. Great. So I hope so. So everybody should cross our fingers. And then in the meantime, everybody can listen to your new pod. Yeah. Come check right? out my pod with an episode with Taylor on it. Episode three Yay. in which my mic didn't work because I'm a fucking idiot. Oh no. Um, but, the ep- but the episode itself was wonderful. My podcast is called Unfuckwithable and it is available wherever the fuck you get your podcasts. And you also, you release on Fridays too. So I like to listen to our pods back to back. I like proof listen to me and Alyssa's <laughs> and then I listen to your episodes. And so it's a nice little bundle for you guys. Um, and then have you been able to do any um, or are you looking into doing any sort of virtual stand up anytime soon? Fuck my um, my friend Hunter, who will be on my podcast at some point. Um, he has this amazing show called Super Secret Comedy Show. And they, yeah. and they do it's like this huge like 180 wall where it's interactive, like people are live buying tickets, but it's virtual. Um, and I mean, there's a possibility I would be doing some variation. He asked me maybe to do like a live wine to me, um, from like from my IGTV, but I don't know. It's, it's such a scary thing right now. Um, because I just, I don't know how I make sense in that virtual world, but I, people are doing, um, shows outside kind of like drive-in movies, but for comedy Mm -hmm. and I could much Uh more, I could see myself doing that. And there have been some things that have happened over the last few days that I'm just like, I need to get back writing and just like start trying to do stuff. Cause this is gold. Like with the bullshit yeah. that's happening in my life right now. So I what am working that? on it. People. Exciting. Okay. This is great. Then we're going to keep our fingers crossed for you and our ear to the ground about things that are coming up for all things Dana. Um, and then wait, last thing, what is your Instagram handle? Plug it. My Instagram handle is Dada Danes. D a D a D a Y N S. 
<laughs> nice. Such crisp pronunciation. It's mm-hmm. like the perfect voice. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. I will come back and talk about any early 2000s reality show you ever want, unless you guys Yay. get a bunch of comments that are like, never bring that bitch back, please. We hate it. No, we don't listen to that. People love to rip on our voices and stuff, and we're like, thank you so much. <laughs> we just <Yeah>. keep going. <laughs> Thanks for t- telling us all the inside goss about uh, Paris and Nicole. This was very informative for me. <laughs> I mean, as I, like you said, it's made up reality, so I'm sticking with it. That's what I think happened, and this has been really fun. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Bye.